0: Hey guys, thanks for taking the drive down State Street. In this episode, we discuss The Positive Dog by John Gordon. Gentlemen and ladies, hey guys, welcome to State Street. This is Nick Kleitsch, the co-host, the voice And with me, as always, um, but in a more particular situation here,
1: uh, Jeremy. How are we doing, man? Uh, We're doing good, Nick. It's been a good day. You know, just started a couple new challenges for myself. Um, I always wanted to throw a baseball hard, so I started a new challenge today for myself to push myself to do that. Um, Other than that, I mean, it it was a gorgeous day out, and I just was outside all day, and it was a it was a great day. Oh, that's awesome, man.
0: Um, Yeah, I was when I saw that on social media. I was very excited and. Uh, we can talk a little bit uh, on that and the why behind it. I think that'd be fun, but uh, I did want to throw out to our state street gang. uh, Cole is not going to be with us on this episode. Uh, He has some personal things that had come up and uh, he's a human like everybody else. So, <laughs> I think from uh, from the state street perspective, uh, he has not only been attended at every single thing that we've done, but he's probably put the most work in. Quite honestly, and uh, everybody needs a day off, and some of the best even need a day off. So, uh, we uh, are, are going to take it from here. Um, but Jeremy, let's uh, before we get to the the book good stuff here, we're going to be covering um, the Positive Dog by John Gordon, and also summarizing uh, all the good books we read from John over the past couple of uh, couple of months uh, that we've been uh, working on them so uh where where does the uh this challenge stem from and and what's the reason for it
1: so the the challenge is the is project 90 so I I am challenging myself to throw 90 miles per hour a baseball 90 miles per hour by the time it gets cold in Minnesota so that's what probably mid-september and I mean if I can go even longer then maybe it'll be 91 92 but I mean, I've always wanted to throw hard and I've always wanted to get into pitching development. And if I can't be my own best coach, how would I help someone else be their own best coach? So for me it's it's two things. It's I wanna throw baseball hard and one I want to throw a baseball hard two I want to be able to help others throw baseballs hard and be successful in baseball so it's something for me to say oh I was able to do this and I think I can take this and translate this over to someone else as well
0: oh that's great man it's great to hear uh, i think that's when we're at our best is when we're striving to hit certain goals and it's always good to make sure we're holding ourselves accountable and Uh, as the old saying goes, iron sharpens iron. So as soon as complacency sets in, it's good to have those things to reach for. Uh, are you looking to hit 90 on the gun as a, as a top out velocity or a consistent 90? What's the
1: challenge? Um, right now it's just max out 90. Um, so I was at the start of the season, I threw a ball 86.3 miles per hour. And like, I've been maxing out around there for the longest time. And now that I'm, our, baseball season is over in minnesota i just you know decided that you know for a month and a half i'm gonna go balls to the wall and you know i don't have to worry about pitching every once a week i can just go out and i can throw the baseball hard 20 times and see what i uh see what i max out at that's great man
0: yeah that's good well we wish you the best of luck and we're gonna keep tabs on you um just to see how the, the progression is coming along. And, um, so let's, uh, let's kick it off here. So we have over the course of, uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been covering a lot of good content by John Gordon. And, uh, he is a great author, uh, someone that definitely pushes the power of positivity more than probably anyone that I've ever, uh, read. And, Uh, part of the reason for that is because John himself, uh, went through a pretty good transformation, uh, of turning his life around. And, uh, he has scattered that throughout a a couple of books here, but, um, we are going to throw it way back. So Jeremy, I don't know if you remember the shark and the goldfish, and if you do, that'll be great. Um, let's see if we can challenge each other here. So what did you like about that, that book in particular, or or the topic
1: of conversation anyway? I think the, the best part about the shark and the goldfish was the, the confidence the shark had and the, and how it can translate into our lives where, you know, you want to be a shark. You don't want to be a goldfish. Like we literally have shows called the shark tank where the best and the brightest business minds choose who they want to partner with. Like you want to be someone like that, that has the power, has the control, has the leadership and has the smarts and experience like a shark. Like like I'll use us as an example, like going into the workforce for the first time, we were probably all goldfish. Like we don't want to be goldfish our whole lives. We want to be sharks and the shark and goldfish kind of outlines the, the path that goldfish takes to become more successful and take a, take a step before step towards becoming a shark.
0: That book did a really nice job of describing uh your attitude and how you approach life, and even though circumstances are thrown at us that we don't like—Covid example, uh, or physical sports injuries, or uh, just different types of adversity—it's our attitude that truly what it matters. And when it comes down to it, that's going to guide us either to successfully come over those adversity uh, adversity moments, or uh, or fail and, and stick in that cycle. And I think that was the biggest takeaway for me in that book is um, not only kind of sitting there helpless and and how. Uh there are some restraints to that as far as how you want to live your life and uh by taking ownership and being able to learn and grow under good mentorship um and blossom and, and really attack life as you mentioned, Jeremy, with uh, the shark mindset. That was a that was a quicker read, but I do think it, it does provide a really nice message of uh being able to hold yourself accountable and uh knowing that at the end of the day everything is your responsibility. So um and then after the shark and the goldfish. Um, I for, or forgive me for the, the order here may not be perfect, but, uh, I believe we stumbled on the energy bus and what were, what were some of the takeaways you had from, uh, from that topic of conversation?
1: I mean, the energy bus, I, I, it's another great book by John. And I think, um, from listening to you guys talk about it, the really, the big things I talk with took away is, you know, showing up like energized every day and like not taking another day for granted or, you know, just being there and present is a is a good way to describe like what I took away from the energy bus.
0: Yeah, that one really did a nice job to to show us and to demonstrate that it does matter how we approach every day and and the way we live our lives. It does matter not only for our own families and, and our own um, I guess manner in which we do, but also for other people and how other people's ability to influence is is so great and. Um, I I know that the energy bus was actually written primarily from John Gordon's life. So uh, the main character through that transition is a lot of what John went through. And I think it's very cool to to be relatable. And uh, John's someone who's definitely not uh, talking and talking and not being able to walk the walk. He definitely does.
1: Yeah. And I think the biggest, one of the biggest takeaways I had, and I mean, I hear this saying all the time and sometimes like, I, I bet we've all heard this saying, but you never know who's watching. And like, you hear it so much that it can get annoying sometimes, but it's, it's so true. And as long as you're providing positive energy, whoever's watching is going to, going to paint you in a positive light. So that is a very big takeaway I took away from that book.
0: Yeah. Um, because there, there are people always watching and the bus driver does a phenomenal job of, uh, changing the lives and, and, uh, another portion we could throw out here that I do think is important is never view yourself as as just the identity of what you do for work. So even though that gal was a bus driver or uh, some of her family members were trickled throughout uh, the book as well, they weren't just the people that the job title provided. They were much more than that. And I think that was something that, that everyone needs to take a little bit of ownership first uh, in their own lives. But just because you're a janitor, or just because you are a car salesman, you can influence people still at a very, very high level. And we saw that again in the carpenter. And I want people to strive for that because, like you said, Jeremy, a leading by example through our action is extremely important to do. But b the the ripple effect of that is you are changing lives and you are making an impact.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's like the the most powerful thing you can do is to impact someone in a positive way and. Like if you're impacting people negatively, how much business are you going to get for your business? How much friends are you going to have? And frankly, it just sucks when you're 100% negative. And and I can tell you from experience, I've been, a, have been, there's been times in my life where I've been an extremely negative person and everything I've said is uh, a negative Nancy comment. And like, it's not fun. Like, just don't even go down that route. Be a, be a positive person and bring positive energy to others.
0: Yeah. We certainly could probably pinpoint those people in our lives that, um, do have or some of those traits, and it's not necessarily that they're bad people. Um, it's just a, a habit uh, that we actually learn in the no complaining rule, which is the next book we're going to talk about. But uh, just to make sure we clean everything up from the energy buses, uh, being at that light in the darkness, so to speak. And in today's times, I think that that's more prevalent than than any. Just being able to come to work with a positive mindset, um, and the desire to to help others. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a really good one. I'm glad we tackled that early. I think that's one of John's best books, um, statistically speaking. Uh, but then that trickled into uh, The No Complaining Rule. And that one was was really fun. I, I enjoyed that book a lot. There was a lot of really cool things that it talked about and, and just complaining in general, but some of the tools that you can use if you do find yourself as a complainer. Uh, so what what did you like about that one, Jer?
1: I think it it helped me you know, think about how much I complain because I complain quite a bit especially like (laughs) 10 o'clock I'm still working I'm like come on I just want to get off at this point like you know it's it's you can complain sometimes but you also have to bring positive feedback as well or positive uh how something that you would bring into your life that would make it better and I think I've been able to implement that in my life where it's like okay I complain sometimes it's not as much anymore I've definitely tried to cut down and I, I know my girlfriend still calls me dramatic sometimes, <laughs> but I still, I, I've, I'm trying to cut down on the complaining. And when I do complain, I try to bring a solution and like, I try to bring something where it's like, all right, this, I have a conflict, but can I, can we try to work with it instead of woe was me? I have this conflict, fix it. Someone else better fix it. It's I've, I've tried to bring, um, to, I've tried to bring myself to be more accountable when I, when I complain, if I do complain.
0: Yeah, man, I'm I'm I appreciate the openness and, and the honesty on your end and, and also in my own too. I am a complainer. I think everyone is a complainer in some capacities, and it's just a habit. It's kind of natural. Um, it's what we do. Um, but I do think that uh, John does a nice job of showing us through that story that uh it's going to happen. First off, the awareness is it is going to happen. It's just the degree of which and how much of a complainer you are, and uh, I think that it's unfortunately a ripple effect that if you know there are things that not are not going well, and uh, you would label yourself as a, a very large complainer. Um, I definitely think you're holding yourself back from taking action in your life and uh, being able to move in that positive direction. So that was the first part: is just knowing that everyone is in some capacity a complainer, uh, and the the ability to know what your ranking is and and then the the solution piece is uh, nice too with how he brings the the tactical strategy on saying hey if you complain but what's our solution
1: yeah and and you bring up a good point like bring up the bring up the solution because like when you complain who are you hurting other than yourself probably your workplace either you probably your friends if you're with your friends or a significant other and like you complaining, It takes two to tango, basically. So usually you (laughs) complain to someone. And most of the times, they don't want to hear you complain. They just, you know, especially at work, they just want you to get the work done. And, like, think of this, like, next time you complain, like, who is benefiting from you complaining? No one. So when you do complain, bring up something, a positive change that can happen. Bring up a solution to your problem. Or just don't complain at all
0: yeah and again we're not saying that everyone is perfect either what we're saying is that you're influencing everyone around you at all times whether you know it or not so if you do tend to fall in that category uh just try to create a little bit of self-awareness and it's something you can do privately and just kind of assess yourself you know how often do i complain what do i complain about because again we're all complainers in some capacity, so they're, they're, we're not saying that we're better than you uh, because we've tried to implement these strategies. I mean, heck, before the the podcast and we came on air, we were complaining, Jeremy, weren't we? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that we were. I I mean, it always it happens every time, every once in a while. I, we're not perfect. We know that. We're heck, we're not even close to experts. I would say so. Like we we still complain time to time. We, we still screw up time to time. It's it happens to everyone, and like don't feel bad if it happens. Just If it does happen, um, be aware that it happens. Like have a have the awareness that it's you're complaining in this current time or in the in the time frame that you are, and then you know gather yourself and be like, all right, how can I how can I improve my situation or what can be done to make my situation better.
0: Absolutely. And it's so important to do that, that second half and and strive for being better. Um, Perfect. Yeah. So that one was a good one. Um, And then boy, did we ever heat up the the room when we brought in training camp, that book, I still think, uh, I mean, there was a lot of them that were very good, but uh, boy, that one was one of my top favorites and uh, training camp taught me a lot. The story itself was probably one of the best written Uh, I think uh, as far as the character development and and influence and what they were talking about, but uh, I'm going to keep coming at you, Jeremy. What do you, what did you think about that book and, and what was your bigger takeaway
1: from, from that one? I think training camp is, it's a really good story about showing up and, and being someone that's going to benefit or that's going to give the people around you benefit. And his coach right his coach is the is the guy that changes his whole his whole outlook on life and I think for someone to find a person like that you you should be sticking around that person as much as possible like if you can find a coach a mentor a uh, a father figure a mother figure you know someone that's going to impact your life in a in an extremely positive way, hang around those people more like we uh there's, I I can say there's probably three types of people. There's people that negatively impact you. There's people that, you know, their, their influence doesn't really impact you at all. And then there's, there's probably a very select few people that can positively impact your life. And those are the people we need to hold on to more and, and be around more.
0: Well, and, and Jeremy, to add on to what I, I think you're describing is some people that we come across are, are going to be negative and they're going to be energy vampires and they're going to be people that are trying to smash your dreams. And then there's a middle portion that uh, I would say neutral. Probably they don't really have a, an incredible influence either way. They're all right, you know, friends, colleagues, whatever, uh, but they're not you know necessarily raising the bar, but they're not taking you down. And then there's this other group of people that uh, quite honestly, raise the temperature in the room a little bit. They make you feel uncomfortable and uh, when you're around these people you you definitely peek up, you clean the house, you uh, show up early on time and and doing all these great things because they elevate your game and they try to elevate you as a person and uh, that was one of my big things is having someone in your corner that's gonna push you and that's going to hold you accountable because it's so easy to fall into uh, that beautiful place of con- complacency. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, being held accountable, if you can't hold yourself accountable, it, I, it's, I mean, not many people can, it's extremely hard. And that's why we still have the education system. That's why we still go to college. College is basically someone holding you accountable for your learning. And, you know, if you can't hold yourself accountable, finding someone that will hold you accountable, game changer. It will. It is literally a lifesaver. I mean, like, I was able to find someone who could hold me accountable to my schoolwork at Upper, Upper Iowa. And I had the, the best grades I had ever had before. He, he gave me a job. We, we talked every day about school. And, you know, he, he changed my academic life. So to the point where I was extremely successful at Upper Iowa, I could take my, um, my software engineering, and apply it to my life now in baseball, and get my job at Sport Radar.
0: That's great that you were able to find someone. And I think that whether we like it or not, we need to seek these people out. Um, and the best part of being coached um, instead of coaching uh, is that this person isn't necessarily afraid to hurt your feelings. These, these, these people are, that are mentors, they don't have a, a deep and emotional root. Some do, some, some mentors are, are very, very close to you, but their job is to coach you. And sometimes when you get coached, your feelings get hurt a little bit. Uh, They're going to make you do things that are uncomfortable, but they're all doing it for the greater good. And they're doing it because they know they can get you to the next level. And I think that, uh, you know, you should have a lot of gratitude towards it. Do you, uh, do you remain in contact with that professor by chance? I'm just kind of curious.
1: Yeah. For some, uh, for a little bit. Yeah. We talked back and forth, you know, he was my teacher all throughout summer before I graduated as well. So we talked every once a week and, I went and visited him a couple times. He's moved on from Upper Iowa now, so whenever I go see my my girlfriend, I don't get to see him, but I would stop in whenever I went down to Upper Iowa. I'd say, hi, how, how's it going? You know, walk in on class, see what's going on, and you know, I wish him the best. He's uh, he's out in uh, in a bigger college now. The, it's not not too hard to get out of Fayette and get to a bigger college, though, but I, I wish him the best, and dude, like, he, he changed my life, and he changed a, a lot of other people's lives. He, he held me accountable. He held others accountable, and you know, I, uh, a lot of my success in the business and software and programming side is attributed to him.
0: Oh, that's great. I I wish we could, could meet this guy, uh, just to see if you guys are are similar in nature.
1: (laughs) Oh Uh, yeah. Okay.
0: Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So that was, that was a big takeaway from the training camp is, is having someone in your life that can elevate you as a person. Um, preferably we'd want these individuals to not have any family relationship to you, Uh, Just because when we love someone, we sometimes we don't necessarily like want to hurt their feelings or, you know, to go there. And that's why having those outside sources are so good because they get the free reign to coach you. Uh, And that's generally what we all need. Boy, I. I think everyone needs a coach in in all aspects of life. But the other piece to that pie uh, for that book was doing uh, ordinary things simply better than other people. And now this is teaching us how to become more competitive in the workplace, competitive in our our home life and uh, something to strive for. And uh, it broke down the fundamentals very nicely. And uh, that was another reason why I like that book quite a bit is because John gave us some tactical stuff to use. uh, as we look to, to better ourselves. But, uh, yeah, so that was the other part of that book is, is how you show up and, and how do you become the best. And, uh, I don't want to continue to drag on too much with that, but, uh, that was the, the second piece of that book that I really liked. And, uh, if there were any books within this list as we go through that I would highly recommend, I think training camp is, is probably at the top of my list because of all the stuff that it covers. But, uh, then we moved along. Um, after training camp, I believe, um, did we, did we tackle soup soup? Yeah. Okay. Um, this is a, that book was a little different. Uh, it, it spoke in a, in a different way because it was, uh, targeted directly at, uh, leadership type roles. Um, Jeremy, again, uh, with our good bread and butter question, uh, what do you think was your biggest takeaway from that one?
1: So I actually wasn't here for this episode. That was the episode I missed. So why don't you go ahead and fill our, uh. (laughs) fill our audience in for that
0: hey no worries man life life happens things come up and, and uh I'm, I'm not mad at you so uh, soup is a book about how to control what you're putting into life and and they metaphorically are making soup it's a soup company uh, that this gal works for and uh, she's someone that is struggling a little bit and, and put in a very awkward situation but uh, the overall concept and, and a reoccurring theme in, in these books is, how are you trying to set the temperature for your life? How are you trying to have the ingredients of the life soup, if you will? And all these things are extremely important. Uh, and so I think we all need to ask ourselves that question uh, as we listen to any type of informational podcast or read any books on, on self-development. It's what are we adding in our soup of life? Are we, are we bringing and being with people that, that rise the bar for us and, and elevate our standards? Are we Uh, surrounding ourselves with really good people that come from good, uh, virtuous backgrounds in terms of what they use for their moral codes. And uh, are we taking care of our body and our mind? Uh, All of these ingredients, so to speak, are are coming in the soup of life. And uh, that's where this book was alluding to those in, in leadership positions specifically that, hey, you are the controller of the soup. You control the, the temperature of the room. Uh, you control how you lead your people. And um, that was that was probably my biggest takeaway is a rain check on all of these areas of life, uh, financial health, mental health, physical health, emotional health, all of these things. How are we stirring our life soup? And so I'm trying to use this as a, as a question and asking basis as you guys listen along here. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that was my biggest takeaway from that book. Um, Then we keep the ball moving and we tackled the seed, correct? Now, this one was probably also in my top, top two or three. The seed was a tremendous book. Um, This book was all about where to invest yourself and how to invest yourself. And this kid in the in the story was kind of like our age, Jeremy. I mean, he was 20 something years old and not sure if this is the spot he wanted to be in his career and was given two weeks to go out and uh, kind of figure out what the heck he was going to do with his life. And uh, it, had, it had been encouraged to him throughout the book that, uh, hey, maybe you're right where you need to be, except you need to be able to know in your heart uh, that you need, can dive all in and, and can fully commit to what I do. And um, I'm going to ask this question to you, not necessarily what you got out of the book, but when, if you were to give advice, when would you recommend to someone, A, to that they pour their whole heart and soul into their work, or what is the fine line from that picking a new career, do you think?
1: the I think the fine line is when it becomes slow and monotonous and you just Find yourself checking out day in and day out, where it's you're you're sitting there and you're like, I can be doing better things with my life, and I think that's the point of no return, where you're you're ready to move on, and you may just be scared to actually just take that last step. And it's easy to you know walk right into work and be like, Yo, this is what I want to do. Like your first week, like everyone says that, and I mean maybe after the first month, you're kind of like, uh, I don't know. Cause you're, you're a little, probably a little swamp, but like once you like you're past that six months to a year, you should know, like, do I still enjoy doing this? And if you find yourself checking out once, twice, three days a week where you're, you're literally just like, if you're literally just looking at the clock, being ready to clock out, that is 100% a, a for sure sign that you are not in the right place. And like, even in school, like we can extend it back to school cuz we just got out of school and a lot of our listeners listen to school. If you're sitting in your in your major classes um and you're looking at the clock, you're not getting much out of class. You're you're barely skating by and like you sh- and you just dread going to class every day, you're not in in the right major. And that's going to that's going to carry right over into the workplace. You're going to get you may get that degree in that major. And and you're going to show up to work the first six six months and you are be like, all right, yeah, this is fine. But then it's going to get to that point where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I think it's, it's time to move on. And, and once you start saying that, it, it 100% is time for you to move on.
0: Yeah. Well, and that was what he was facing. Our main character in that book was, Hey, do I, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life or, or not? And and now's the time to make those changes. So I, I like how you gave uh, some advice to those that if, if they feel disengaged, uh, I think it's the most attractive when we're, when we're fired up about what we do, when we love oh, yeah. what we do. I think the, the world ticks a little bit smoother and uh, the, the Monday through Friday time frame is a little bit more, uh, even past survivable, it's actually enjoyable and, you know, you get to like what you do. And uh, I think everyone should, should try to push to get to that point a little bit more. Um, and then the other part of it is attitude. So he, he did change his attitude towards his job when he planted the seed in that organization. And when he had a personal change of attitude, that's when things started to take off. So that's why I asked that question to you, Jeremy, is when do we decide to jump ship compared to controlling our attitude? And as you had said, I mean, he he had gotten to the point where it was a little bit mundane for him. Uh, and then he was like, okay, you basically have two weeks to figure it out. And so he had a total attitude change, but sometimes you do need to get out of the, the career field, if you will.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, for me at least, when your attitude goes, everything else goes. So- like maintaining a positive attitude is, is key in, in any, any job. And once you can start to maintain a positive attitude and enjoy going to work like we both do, work gets so much easier. And like you enjoy showing up to work. It's not like you're counting a paycheck. You're, you're not counting the hours. You're showing up, you're putting in the work, you're putting in the time, and it just flies by because you enjoy, uh, you actually enjoy and love what you do.
0: Yeah, that was uh, kind of another reoccurring theme throughout all of these books was the ability to shape your own attitude and in and, and doing so shape the direction of your life. And I think that's why uh, me and Cole especially are so into personal development, and I am too, just kind of more than most. But uh, I just am very fascinated by being able to develop different portions of skill set and just overall exposing yourself to a lot of good stuff out there book-wise. But uh, just to to keep the ball moving here, so then we go from the seed and then we go to the carpenter, I believe, correct?
1: That is correct.
0: That one was a fun one too. So I know I keep saying this and it sounds like I'm being a dead horse, but if I had to rank them, I would probably say number one's training camp, number two is the seed, and then three and four is a tie for the no complaining rule and the carpenter. Uh, I did like the carpenter a lot. that book. Uh, again shared with us this is how you need to, to live your life is not just showing up, collecting the paycheck and, and moving forward. it's hey, how can we be the best janitor possible? How can we be the best marketer possible uh, and influence other people in and around the workplace and at home? and uh, I don't want to get too lengthy here because we are kind of uh, repeating some of these themes but uh, and then the last one um, was today's topic. And it's, you know, taking us a good 30 minutes to warm up to get to it. So hopefully we didn't bore you guys there. But uh, the last one is Positive Dog. Uh, this book was a, a shorter read by nature. Uh, very much so on uh, the child uh, orientation of this book. It's it's not something that's going to knock your socks off per se with a lot of deep information, but uh, provide some fun reminders. Um, and so one of the first reminders uh, that this book does a nice job of sharing with us is ask yourself this question. So if you're listening to the end this podcast with us right now, I'm going to ask you to just think about this either positive or negative. What one are you feeding and whatever one you are feeding? That's what's growing. So just run that by yourself is, is how am I influencing my, my own subconscious in my own life am I feeding positivity or am I feeding negativity? And I also think there might be a little bit of a neutral piece in there too. Some things don't necessarily have a a huge sway on us, but that's the question I I want to to possess. And that was the first uh, big takeaway anyway, for the dog is uh, he was feeding himself, unfortunately, a lot of negative energy. And some of the people that were coming to visit him were, uh, they were turned off right away. They thought he was a mean dog. Um, and so, yeah, what, what do you think about that, Jeremy, just as far as what you feed yourself and, and how that relates to, to life?
1: Yeah. I mean, this is literally like, hits like hits home for me because I, uh, as Nick knows, I am, uh, I, fiercely competitive and I, uh, when I get in that compete mode, I definitely give off some negative vibes and, you know, <laughs> Nick can probably remember there's a there was a time where I used to talk to myself on the pitching mound and tell myself how much I sucked and um, how much I was, uh, you know, just failing at life because I uh, just wasn't competing as good as I wanted to. And uh, that's, you know, 100 percent not the route you want to take. And I was feeding myself so much negative energy that I would just start to doubt myself and, and doubt a lot of my ability. And it, I mean, I've I've struggled that through that uh, with that basically my whole life where it's like I hold myself to such a high standard that I will become negative towards myself if I can't achieve that high standard and what I've found works for me is to actually be positive about it because it becomes much easier to reach that high standard
0: I'm glad you, you open up about that, too, because I think that that's one thing people don't even probably realize they're doing uh, at the time when we were living together playing. I, I think I also am with you there, too. I was quite negative and, and did not have a lot of confidence in what I was trying to perform on on the baseball field, especially. But uh, just as a, a student and in the direction that I was moving uh, in college, I think I was feeding myself a lot of negative stuff. And uh, now that I've had a little bit of a change of heart with with reading quite a few personal development books and whatnot, I understand the value value of being positive. And we've preached it to the choir. John preached it to us and the choir as well. But, um, I think you would agree with me, Jared, that, uh, it does matter what you feed yourself. And once you start feeding some positivity, uh, things actually start shaping up.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, life gets way much more fun and enjoyable when you're, you're positive and like you wake up and you're like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to kick ass today instead of waking up and you're like, Oh, I'm going to get my ass kicked today. So, I mean, <laughs> there's, it's, there's, it's a double-edged sword. Like, you know, you can be negative, you can, you can be as competitive as you want, but it's not gonna ever change anything until you start, you know, pushing yourself to be a positive person and and seeing yourself and, and the world in a positive manner.
0: Yeah. Cause it comes, we get so caught up in the day-to-day stuff that, you know, or do we perform? Do we do this? Do we do that? And, you know, we kind of get rubbed raw on some of the surface level stuff. And, uh, a lot of stuff going on in the news as well too. So, uh, you'd actually sur- surprise yourself. I think if, if you took some time to uh, have a gratitude exercise or, or some way every day that you could feed yourself some kind of positivity. And, uh, I always like to to play this because I am hard on myself too, is, you know, I always think about with, with my deals that I'm working on, uh, how it could go bad and what's going to come up and, and this and that. And, Uh, that almost draws more problems into the deal. (laughs) But we never asked the the question the other way is uh, how many ways could this go good and how many positive ways could this go? Um, And I'm sure as a pitcher, uh, when you were at school, you you probably never thought of saying those nice things to yourself and uh, me too when I was up there playing. But uh, it is so important that we do see both sides and And, you know, sometimes can, things can actually happen for the best.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's a, I think it's a risk management or a crisis management thing where it's like, all right, what can go wrong? I want to know like what could go wrong here. And instead of, you know, planning for success, you're, you're planning for failure and that, that failure breeds those, um, those negative thoughts because you're, you're doing exactly what you told yourself you were going to do. You were going to fail because you were planning for it. So when you, when you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail, basically. So if you're, you're failing to prepare for success, how do you ever reach that success?
0: Yeah. And uh, just to throw this out here again, we're not coming from a place that we've accomplished all these things and and we're relaying it. This is more or less just a suggestion that that we have found that have helped us out. And uh, I think these tools are are something everyone can use. And I would agree. I I think that the level uh, and the amount of positive messaging that we need to give ourselves uh, should be a lot higher because my goodness, uh, I don't know about you, Jeremy, but I I never knew life was this hard.
1: No, no. Like, yeah. Especially like out of college, like, my first, you know, the awkward six months, wow, that hit me hard. And I was like, I'm never going to get a job. And like, I don't know what's going on in my life. And yeah, it's, it's easy to be negative because life is hard. And, you know, once you, it, it takes, it takes a while to get used to, to life itself. And like, you like, once you can hit the ground running with like a plan to succeed, then, then it's a lot easier to be success or positive. But, you know, it's hard. Uh, there's no other way to put it.
0: Yeah, life is life is definitely much harder than I think we ever would have intended, and no one plans for uh, some of the the adversity levels um, that you face throughout life. And I got a big dose of that when I got graduated from school. There was a, a moment in a couple of months where I had no direction, and um, I, I do think though that if you're listening to this thinking like there was something that you always wanted to accomplish, or you always thought it'd be cool to do this or do that. I think that journey is so worth it. Cause like you, you do go out and have to put yourself out there, which is kind of scary, but at the same time, it's easier for me to wake up in the morning, knowing I'm heading in a certain direction and a direction that I desire to go. Uh, and, and it's amazing how many things kind of pop up throughout the, uh, the journey of going after that goal. So like Jeremy, for you, for example, with your sports radar gig, I mean, you had no idea what can of worms was going to get open when you started down that path.
1: Oh, absolutely not. And I've had some really cool people reach out to me. I like, like it's, I think it's really cool. And I get major leaguers that retweet my stuff or minor leaguers that reach out to me and be like, Hey, can you help me out and stuff like that? Like, I, I mean, if you would have asked me a year ago, I, li- I literally started work actually like eight months ago. And if you would have asked me eight months ago like where I would be today, I'd be like, I would never be able to tell you that I get to talk to minor league baseball players. I would have never been able to talk, tell you that I've interacted with major league baseball players. I, I would never be able to tell you that I fact checked 166 cards for Joe Buck the night before the Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to tell you that because like it, being able to be with the company I am now has opened up so many avenues because they are just so well-respected.
0: That's great. Yeah. And again, all that energy and passion that you're talking with is because you... Uh, added fuel to your journey and the journey was something that you may not have known and um, actually when we uh, when we bring on our guest for this week uh, he felt that that was something himself that he struggled with a little bit is being able to, to find the direction of what he wanted to do now uh, he did know the company that he wanted to work for but uh, I don't want to give too much away uh, as we look to, to this week's guest but um, we are uh, cooking pretty good here Jeremy but we are going to be wrapping up here uh, just a little bit uh, the One thing I did want to throw out there, though, and and this is super one-on-one stuff, but I'm going to challenge our listeners to do this, and uh, I'm going to do it as well. So in this book, there's a lot of talk about laughing, just literal laughter, and how that is it gives such a positive chemical balance in our brain when we laugh, and how much we enjoy our lives when uh, when we have those really deep belly laughs, and so. Uh, I want to challenge you guys to go through this week or or maybe this month and, and really look for things that can create laughter. And I think we need to laugh a little bit more. Honestly, we take this life so darn seriously and uh that was one thing that when he implemented this dog in, into his life and uh along with gratitude just some laughter, uh things started to to be more positive just in general. So, uh Jeremy, how much are you laughing in a weekend and week out basis?
1: <laughs> I love laughing and like even like before I go to bed like one of my favorite things to do is is pull up like Facebook videos or watch YouTube videos and like a lot of my suggestions lately have been um like just comedian bits like a a short 10 minute 5 minute bit and like dude like laughing my ass off before I like go to bed just like calms me down I'm like yeah this is like I just feel so much better after like I I wind down to like something like that's enjoyable
0: yeah and I'm that's I I am glad that you do that at night and I try to to find stuff once a day where I'm, I'm trying to really actually generate some laughter. And uh, I think in sales specifically, I think people are attracted to people that are, are having fun, if you will, or are laughing and enjoy themselves and are having a good time. And uh, that's why I throw the challenge out there is because you can influence so many people by just smiling and laughing, and and those two things get swept under the rug because they're super childish, or someone would call it childish. But I really do think that uh, there's a lot of value in and laughing and smiling on a day-to-day basis. And so, um, yeah, definitely have to challenge you to do more of that. But uh, Jeremy, I I think we're pretty wrapped up, man.
1: Actually, I wanna I wanna give a shout out to our listeners first because I actually literally just pulled this up in the episode. We've reached 2,000 listens, and I mean, if you would have asked me, this is our 35th episode. If you would have me. 34 episodes ago on episode one, if we would reach 2,000 listens that, I mean, I don't know if I would have been able to tell you that we'd reach it by, epi- by episode 50. So I, I want to give a huge shout out to our listeners. Like, thank, thank you so much for listening to us. I, I mean, we see all the interaction you do with us. We see all the five stars you give us. I mean, it's, it's awesome. We love it so much. But guys, if you, you enjoyed this episode, please hit us up on uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, iHeart, whatever you use to listen. Throw us five stars, please. Subscribe to us. Even if you have the possibility, please like the please like the podcast. It it helps us so much, and it helps us grow straight State Street. And, and the more we grow State Street, the the cooler guests we get to bring on. And like we got some guests in the pipeline that are pretty. I'm I'm not. I'm just gonna say it. Pretty freaking cool. And you know we want to be able to bring on more of these guys. And I know you guys want to listen to it. So uh, we're asking you know five stars if you like it, and it, it goes a long way for us. It, it makes us feel good. It helps us get our brand out there, and you know, it just helps us reach more people with with what we do. And guys, if you want to follow us on any social media, you can hit us up on Instagram. It is State Street Pod. Twitter is at State Street Pod, and Facebook is State Street Podcast.
0: That's great, man. Thank you for doing that. And yes, thank you so much to the listeners. And uh, just so we kind of clear the air on our intentions and and what we're trying to accomplish on State Street, this is just three guys that. Are trying to bring a, a positive light to the world. Um, I don't think we're we're trying to to solve everyone's problems, or uh, we think we have the best answer and the best solution. And uh, even as we're translating some information from the authors that we read, uh, obviously we can point out John Gordon. He's been uh, a lot of the the outreach lately, uh, and a lot of the content lately. But there's going to be some great books in the future, and uh, I like to throw that out there because we understand and we're humble enough to know that. Uh, we're only mid twenties and I'm sure there's people that have a lot better advice to provide than, than what we do. But uh, at the end of the day, we're going to show up every week and uh, we're going to try to help you smile. We're going to try to help you laugh. We're going to try to help you be positive and go after your dreams because uh, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. So uh, thanks for doing that, Jer. And then uh, you know what? Until next time, guys.